On this day in Christian history, Christian parents often worry about sending their sons and daughters to colleges and universities, sometimes with good reason. Young people can lose their faith there, but some lose it only to regain it later with added strength. Adoniram Judson grew up in parsonages around Boston, parsonages around Boston in the late 1700s. He entered Brown University University at age 16 and graduated valedictorian of his class. While there, he became best friends with Jacob Eames. Jacob was a deist and, in practical terms, an atheist, ridiculing Judson's faith. He challenged him with the writings of Voltaire, Voltaire, Voltaire and, the French, and the French philosophers. When Adoram returned home, he told his parents that he too had become an atheist. His mother broke into gentle sobs. His father roared and threatened and pounded the furniture. Adoram, 21, migrated to New York City to establish himself as a playwright. But then hearing tales from the American frontier, he saddled his horse and headed west. One evening, weary from traveling, he stopped at an inn. The proprietor said, forgive me, sir, but the only room left, well, it's, it'll, it'll be a bit noisy. There's a young fellow next door awfully sick. Adoram, too tired to care, took the key. That night became a nightmare. The trampling of feet coming and going, muffled voices, painful groans, chairs scraping against the floor. Adoram was troubled by it all, and he wondered what his friend Jacob Eames would say about fear, illness, and death. The next morning, while checking out, he asked about the young man in the next room. The proprietor said, I thought maybe you'd heard. He died, sir, toward morning. Very young, not more than your age. Went to that Brown University out east. Adoram stiffened. The man continued, his name was Jacob Eames. The West suddenly lost its lure, and Adoram turned his horse toward home. Soon he gave his life to Christ, and shortly afterward devoted himself to missions. On February 6, 1812, Adoram Judson was commissioned as America's first foreign missionary. He, his wife, and companions sailed for Burma on February 18th. The scriptures say that the Messiah must suffer, then three days later he will rise from death. They also say that all people of every nation must be told in my name to turn to God in order to be forgiven. So beginning in Jerusalem, you must tell everything that has happened. Luke 24, 46-48. Good morning, good morning. Today is the sixth day of February. It is currently... 40 degrees and sunny here in Stockbridge. We can expect sunny skies today and a high of 62. So it looks like it's going to shape up to a nice day. And uh, let's pray and we'll get into our lesson. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you for working in uh, people's lives, in our lives, Lord, uh, like you did there. Lord, that you never give up on us. And what a testimony to this, Lord, that someone that that you knew, that knew you, that uh, turned away from you, Lord, and then uh, came back, Lord, that you paved that way. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to do that kind of work, Lord, that you, we know you do, Lord, that you would uh, bring people, those that have uh, stepped away from you, Lord, have walked away for whatever reason, Lord, that you would just, uh, through circumstances, uh, just as you did here, 
uh, bring them back to you, Lord. Reveal yourself to them in an undeniable way, Lord, and to us as well, Lord. We just ask for encouragement and strength for those of us that have not turned away from you, Lord, that we would never uh, even contemplate that idea, Lord, that you would just keep us uh, firm and strong in your grasps. And we know you promised to do so, Lord. We know no one can snatch us out of your hand, Lord, and we're so thankful for that. And Lord, help us to not want to even have a desire to leave your hand. And it's just so ridiculous when we're walking uh, with you, Lord. We can't even imagine that, but sometimes through circumstances, uh, that thought can enter our minds, Lord, that thought the enemy can use uh, things to try to drive that wedge between us, Lord. And we just ask that you would protect us from that, that you'd keep us strong in you, Lord. Be with us right now as we get into this lesson. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you ready to be poured out as an offering? Part two by Oswald Chambers. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. Second Timothy 4 6. Are you ready to be poured out as an offering? It is an act of your will, not your emotions. Tell God you are ready to be offered as a sacrifice for Him. Then accept the consequences as they come, without any complaints, in spite of what God may send your way. God sends you through a crisis in private, where no other person can help you. From the outside, your life may appear to be the same, but the difference is taking place in your will. Once you have experienced the crisis in your will, you will take no thought of the cost when it begins to affect you externally. If you don't deal with God on the level of your will first, the result will only be to arouse sympathy for yourself. Find the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Psalm 118.27 You must be willing to be placed on the altar and go through the fire, willing to experience what the altar represents, burning, purification, and separation for only one purpose, the, the elimination of every desire and affection not grounded in or directed toward God. But, do, but you don't eliminate it. God does. You bind the sacrifice to the horns of the altar and see to it that you don't wallow in self-pity once the fire begins. After you have gone through the fire, there will be nothing that will be able to trouble or depress you. When another crisis arises, you will realize that things cannot touch you as they used to do. What fire lies ahead in your life? Tell God you are ready to be poured out as an offering, and God will prove himself to be all you ever dreamed he would be. Wow. Wisdom from Oswald Chambers. The great word of Jesus to his disciples is abandon. When God has brought us into the relationship of disciples, we have to venture on his word, trust entirely to him, and watch when he brings us to the venture, we take it. And then our text for today is Matthew chapter 23, picking up in verse 23 through the end of the chapter, verse 39. We pick up right here in the middle of Jesus uh, speaking, to the <clears throat> speaking to the Pharisees, these religious guys. And he continues, Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you give a tenth, a tithe of your mint and dill and cumin, focusing on minor matters. 
and you've neglected the weightier, more important moral and spiritual provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the primary things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You spiritually blind guides who strain out a gnat, consuming yourselves with minuscule matters, and swallow a camel, ignoring and violating God's precepts. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of extortion and robbery and self-indulgence, unrestrained greed. You, you spiritually blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate. Examine and change your inner self to conform to God's precepts so that the outside, your public life and deeds, may be clean also. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. So you also outwardly seem to be just and upright to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets and decorate and adorn the monuments of the righteous. And you say, if we had been living in the days of our fathers, we would not have joined them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the allotted measure of the guilt of your father's sins. You serpents, you spawn of vipers, how can you escape the penalty of hell? Therefore take notice, I am sending you prophets and wise men, interpreters, teachers, and scribes, men educated in the Mosaic law and the writings of the prophets. Some of them you will kill and even crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and pursue and persecute from city to city, so that on you will come the guilt of all the blood of the righteous shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah the priest, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the judgment for all these things, these vile and murderous deeds, will come on this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who murders the prophets and stones to death those messengers who are sent to her by God. How often I wanted to gather your children together around me as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you are unwilling. Listen carefully. Your house is being left to you desolate, completely abandoned by God and destitute of his protection. For I say to you, you will not see me again ministering to you publicly until you say, Blessed to be celebrated with praise is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you and we just ask that you would, we would take this to heart, this uh, exhortation, this uh, straightening out of the Pharisees, Lord, or... Uh, Proclamation, Lord, I don't even know what to how to describe it in light terms, Lord. Uh, but Father, we just ask that you would uh, uh, 
Help us to not be like that, Lord. Help us to not get caught up in outward things, Lord. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to lay our lives down uh, to you. Lay ourselves on that altar, Lord, and just to accept whatever you're going to bring, Lord. And help us to trust that you're going to take us through that, that you're going to get us through, uh, first of all, on that uh, spiritual level, Lord, the emotional, spiritual, inner level in our hearts. And then, Lord, in the, in the external, as your servant Oswald presented, Lord, that once you've changed our hearts and our minds, Lord, uh, that anything external is, is nothing, Lord. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, change our hearts, Lord, in that way. Help us to lay our lives down on the altar, Lord, and give us the courage to do so, Lord, and uh, be a uh, scary thing, Lord, uh, to do as, as was described to us, Lord. But, uh, Lord, we know that's your will, that's your plan, uh, that you love us, that you're going to take care of us, that you have the best for us in mind. And so, Lord, help us to just accept your best plan for our lives, Lord. And so, just work in our hearts today. Uh, Lord, we ask for your blessing on everything we do. And we thank you for your amazing word, this amazing lesson that you've brought to us through your amazing servants in the past, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.